This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello and welcome to Savor, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Volkelbaum, and today we're talking about oregano and marjoram. Yes, and it is a fun day in our home studios, because here in Atlanta, there is a thunderstorm. A, a, pretty, a pretty epic one, yes. Yes, so ambiance. Yes, this is the very most goth discussion of oregano and marjoram that anyone will ever have. Yes, it's exactly what you listeners needed in your life, I am sure. Positive, 100%. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So this is a topic that's been on my mind because I've been getting oregano as a part of my CSA. Um, and it is one of the few things that I am successfully growing. I tried Aww. to grow a lot of things. Huzzah! So far, only oregano <laughs> was taken. Oregano and mint. Um, so yeah, and I used some last night. Have you been like rooting them in water? Yes. Cool, uh, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, I've just been using like cuttings and stuff. And mm-hmm. I, um, it grows pretty fast, I got to say. I yeah. got a lot of it. Um, and I used some last night for the first time when I was cooking. Uh, and it smelled so good. It smelled so good. Oh, yay. Yeah. Yes. Um, huzzah. Yeah, I, um, I, use, I use dried um, oregano and marjoram in cooking all the time. Anytime that I'm making anything like even vaguely Mediterranean-y, uh, mm-hmm. those things go in there. Um, but mm-hmm. I've, I, I don't think I've ever, I'm trying to think if I've ever, ever, ever had it fresh aside from like maybe in like a, like a little like poultry bundle, uh, of, of herbs or something, but I'm, I'm not sure. 
it's delicious. Um, the smell alone, excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I love how fuzzy it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk yes. about that. Yes. Well, on the other hand, though, before we did this research, I could not have told you what marjoram was. <laughs> I had to look up how to pronounce it. And when you suggested we should do oregano and marjoram, I was like, huh, okay. Because I had no idea what it was. <laughs> I thought, I was like, are they related? I don't know. <laughs> so this is a big learning one for me. Fun. Huzzah. Yeah. Le- learning, learning is great. We are, we are yes. all in the business of learning. We are. We're big proponents of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but all right. I guess that brings us to our question. Oregano and marjoram. What are they? Uh, good question. Um, okay. All right. Well, uh, oregano and marjoram are our herbs with a small, soft green leaves that have a, a similar but kind of varyingly a peppery, citrusy, a savory, woody, and, uh, and bitter flavors. And they come from a number of different species within a, within a few genuses, but kind of mostly um, originum. And there is some etymology madness involved in this one. Oh, yes. So the name oregano means joy of the mountain, although the word itself might have originally come from somewhere else. Uh, Meanwhile, marjoram probably derived from Sanskrit, but it sounded close to the word for greater in Latin, which led to the French word marjorine, which was picked up and spelled in a variety of different ways in English (laughs) until the current English spelling was settled on sometime in the 1700s. Confusingly, oregano means marjoram in Spanish. (laughs) And in parts of Europe, oregano goes by wild marjoram and marjoram goes by sweet marjoram. And quick clarification, oregano means joy of the mountain in Greek. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. So, a lot going on there. Right, right. Uh, so, okay, so so marjoram is just one species, um, originum majorana, um, and oregano is a common term for a whole bunch of different species. Um, it, it's really a word for like a flavor profile more than a single plant. Um, that that originum, the, the genus, is part of the Lamiaceae family, the mint family, and this genus contains some 45 species. And all of them, usually except for the one that is marjoram, are called oregano. Um, plus, there are whole other genuses, Lipia and Hedioma and um, Lantana, some of which are native to whole other parts of the world uh, that get colloquially lumped in with oregano. Um, some of them aren't even in the same botanical family. Uh, I read one medical paper that said that there are at least 61 species and 17 genuses in six different families that are called Oregano. Simple. Not yep. confusing at all. <laughs> nope. Zero percent. <laughs> yes. Um, so this is all to say that if you have a jar of dried oregano in your kitchen, the specific plant that is in it could vary. Um, though that said, um, there are a few species that are most commonly used in cooking. Um, common oregano or um, originum vulgare. Uh, has a bright flavor. Mexican oregano or Lipia graviolens has like a more peppery flavor. Spanish and Greek oreganos, um, Ovivens and O. heraclites um, are a little bit milder. Marjoram, uh, meanwhile, is a little bit warmer and a little bit less bitter. Sometimes it, again, it can it can vary. Wow. 
<laughs> Lots going on here. Yep, 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 yep. And uh, and as we said, uh, these can be used fresh or dried. Yes, yes. And they're used in all kinds of cuisines and in all kinds of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, the flowers are also edible. Uh, the European versions are particularly popular in cuisines from uh, the border of the Mediterranean uh, Sea because that's where they're pretty much originally from. Um, They are known mostly in America as like an Italian cuisine flavor. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, And sweet marjoram is often one of the ingredients in absinthe. Ah, huh. There you go. Yeah. Our old friend absinthe. Well, what about nutrition? Okay, as with many herbs, you're probably not eating enough of this stuff to have like a macronutrient impact on your diet. Um, but but these herbs can can provide a big bang of flavor for a small caloric buck. So they're really great to incorporate into your cooking and your diet. Um, and also, okay, uh, these these herbs like pretty much any herb that that if you run your hand just gently through um through a bush of it or or across a branch of it and you come away with the scent of that herb on your hand um that means that this herb evolved to produce some oils that keep pests away uh, so and 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 specifically the reason that some of them are are fuzzy on the leaves are the, those little fuzzy hairs help keep the oils on the surface uh and and therefore you know keep keep it right there so that if a insect comes along it goes oh eat ick ick go get get it <laughs> off me get away never mind not going to eat this one um meanwhile i'm like ooh Yeah, yes. Again, humans decided we liked that. So it's uh, really effective against like microbes and funguses and insects and some animals. But humans are like, oh, delicious poison. Yay. Um, Not that it acts as poison in us. It can actually be helpful uh, medicinally. And uh, oregano and marjoram have been used in folk medicine for pretty much ever for things from asthma to indigestion and are currently being studied for all kinds of helpful properties, uh, antioxidant, antibacterial, antimycotic, uh, anti-inflammatory, anti-diabetic. Extracted oils are already being used in livestock feed to help prevent gut infections and thus prevent the use of antibiotics. And from some of the studies I read, it seems that they uh, both stimulate um, those animals' uh, guts to uh, produce this like protective gut mucus, um, but then further can uh, can weaken bacteria cell walls leading to eventual cell death. Um, and this is especially cool because of the overuse of antibiotics in, in well, everything, honestly. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but so hopefully this can be, with, with, with more research, uh, this can be turned into something that can do a lot of good in the world. Um, as with anything, the saver motto, uh, you know, bodies are complicated. More research needs to be done um, before incorporating any medicinal dose of anything into your diet. You should definitely consult a doctor. Um, be, 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 be wary of snake oil. Um, Always. Yeah, yeah. I like, I just want to note here, listeners, as Lauren said that, there was a flash of lightning behind her <laughs> and then a roll of thunder. <laughs> And I used to have a, a history professor who would, like, whenever that would happen, he would say, Hollywood couldn't do it better. <laughs> so I just got reminded of that. Very dramatic. Oh, that's great. I, I was so into thinking about microbes that I wasn't even paying attention. I'm, I know. I'm, I'm into it, though. It was awesome. Very <laughs> dramatic, indeed. Uh, we do have a couple of numbers for you. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Americans import 14 million pounds of oregano a year, making it our top import with when it comes to herbs like this, both quantity-wise and value-wise. Huh. So okay. We like we like some oregano here. We pizza do. Is the number one cause. We'll get into that later. It is. We do. We do eat a lot of pizza, and it is like a a pizza-y herb. Yes. 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 Oh, and I did want to note: oregano is the name of a computer programming language. Huh. There you go. All right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. 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 <laughs> uh, and oregano and marjoram have quite the interesting history. Hollywood couldn't do it better. <laughs> yes, and uh, we will get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, keeping the history of oregano and marjoram separate is incredibly difficult because the names were often used interchangeably in historical records and some other herbs got mixed up in there too. So, 
shrug emoji. Uh, Historians think that historically marjoram was more widely used, except in the Mediterranean where oregano was preferred. So that's sort of the where they work from. But yeah, Um, and and this interchangeability. of, of names in the records is why I was just like, oh, nope, we can't do one or the other of those. Let's just... <laughs> yep. <laughs> Let's just yep, roll yep, with yep. the whole mess. Yeah. <laughs> roll with the whole mess. Another okay. saver motto. <laughs> um, so both most likely originated in the Mediterranean and perhaps specifically in Greece. Some sources indicate that the ancient Egyptians were cultivating oregano over 3,000 years ago. Some of the first records date back to sometime between 1600 to 1200 BCE. There are these images recorded by the Hittites in what is now modern-day Syria. Ancient Greek physician Hippocrates is believed to be the first to use originum in written records, so 460 to 370 BCE-ish. In the first century BCE, marjoram was mentioned in the poem Epithalamium by Catullus. Catullus? Catullus. Aristophanes' Women in Power from 393 BCE references marjoram. Also, women in power. I got to check that out. I know, right? Hey. The ancient Greeks thought that adding oregano into the diets of cows improved the taste of their meat. Okay. Um, They were also big believers in oregano's medicinal value, sometimes making a cream out of it and using it for aches and sores. Marjoram was similarly highly regarded as a medicinal herb, recommended for things like headaches, insomnia, and asthma. Galen, Diosacorides, Pliny, Theophrastus, and Mithridates, to name a few, all made mention of the healing powers of one or both of these herbs. Aristotle claimed that oreginum could combat poison, claiming it could save the life of a tortoise who ate a snake. And funny story, Lauren, um, as you know, I have a <laughs> kind of a bad record with pets. Uh, yeah, yeah, buddy, yeah. you do. <laughs> well, uh, I did have a pet turtle and my brother had a pet snake and uh, we were on vacation once and we had to leave them for one reason or the other in the same aquarium Oh, um, uh-huh. and, and with us on vacation like we didn't leave them home but uh, at the place we were at on vacation we only had the one aquarium oh, and okay. we like went out to a restaurant or something and I was so concerned I'm like is my brother's <laughs> snake is going to attack my turtle. I'm so worried about it. When we came back, lo and behold, my turtle had eaten the snake. Oh, no. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. Oh. I was shocked and proud and also sad. Uh, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> to my <I'm>, brother. <laughs> I, I think yeah, my turtle I, did die, though. <laughs> oh, no. From the snake. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that was we'll had known. That is sad. All Yeah, see, if you... <laughs> He would only had some oregano. I love that claim. Like, that is such a specific, like, I love that, like, whatever else Aristotle was up to, he was going, like, you know what can really help tortoises who have the (laughs) snake-eating problem? Um, Oregano. Oregano. I'm, it's, you know, great, great thinkers, great thinkers. I'm sure, I'm sure it had something specific. I'm sure there was a specific circumstance tied to it, but that's. Maybe he had a pet turtle who ate a snake. <laughs> Maybe he had a pet snake. Oh, Aristotle and I might have more in common than I think. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, all right. Uh, uh, these philosophers, thinkers, they weren't the only ones who were proponents of the medicinal benefits of oregano. The ancient Chinese prescribed it for a wide number of things, from jaundice to vomiting to diarrhea to 
itching, itching. The ancient Romans often are credited with spreading oregano to the rest of Europe and northern Africa. And the ancient Greeks and Romans believed the smell of oregano and marjoram was meant to remind people of the beauty of Aphrodite slash Venus and or that she created these things as a symbol of happiness and also because of this was seen as an aphrodisiac. Yep. Oh, clearly, clearly. Of course. I mean, it's not lettuce. That, oh, gosh. One day I'm going to get, I have this book of jokes. I know I've mentioned it before, and it's from like the 1400s. I'm going to get it out, and I'm going to read the lettuce jokes about it being causing impotence. It's going to be great. <laughs> um, <laughs> the special uh, yes. Savor episode. After Dark episodes of Savor. <laughs> yes, where we read, we do like snap jokes from the 1400s. It's going to be a real hoot. <laughs> <laughs> real knee slapper, yeah. <laughs> yes, oh yeah. Um, ancient Greeks may have even used crowns of oregano in their wedding traditions, as the ancient Romans with marjoram. Several legends claim that oregano was used in love potions mm. and that people, usually women, mm-hmm. would put oregano under their pillows at night to get a visit from Aphrodite, who would tell them the first name of their future spouse. Ah. And this was a tradition at St. Luke's Day as well. I'm curious, though, like, how much of it is if if they tell you the first name is whatever that you just are— disregarding everyone else and looking for... Looking uh, just for... John or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. It, see, it, seem, it seems problematic, to be honest. But, uh, but you know, hmm. it's, again, humans didn't have Netflix. They had to make their own fun. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. One legend goes that a servant by the name of Amaricus, an early name for the genus of oregano, uh, was tasked by the king of Cyprus to transport a valuable and precious vial of perfume. But alas, he dropped it and promptly died of fright. Oh. Uh, falling right into the puddle of spilled perfume. The gods took pity on him and transformed him into the fragrant originum. I like that. Yeah. You know, you died of fright, get turned into an herb. But <laughs> makes as much sense as anything. Just about. <laughs> The ancient Greeks used oregano in burial rites, and in ancient Egypt, oregano was sometimes left in tombs to accompany the dead on their journey to the afterlife, and medicinally, and as a disinfectant. And again, oregano or marjoram, hard to say, but Mm -hmm. one of those. Uh, They used it in the rites for gods like Osiris. If we look at the Bible, on the other hand, the hyssop used to mark the doors of Jewish homes during the final plague more correctly probably refers to Marjoram or oregano. Huh. Yes. And marjoram and oregano were also believed by the ancient Greeks and Romans to ward off evil spirits and colds. Okay. And were sometimes <laughs> used in amulets. No witch's spell, goblin, or devil could bypass oregano hanging over the doorway or strewn at an entrance. Ooh. See, I love thinking of this kind of stuff. Like, you're, you're the old... Uh, a, a devil coming to really bother somebody, and you're like, oregano, no! <laughs> I love it. Oh, foiled again by oregano. <laughs> I uh, love it so much. <laughs> In 1373's Verse Herbal, the oregano and marjoram families were called brother wart, wart being a Germanic word to indicate a plant was medicinal. By this point, at least, oregano was grown in England. 
Oregano made its way to China during the Middle Ages. It was a very popular ingredient in Europe at this point, too. Used to flavor all kinds of things. Fish, stews, shellfish, eggs, meats, rice, salads. And might have been used to make teas and as a flavoring in beer. See, this is a thing that I was thinking about, and I don't— I. I have had a lot of different beers, y'all, and uh, mm-hmm. and I don't think I've had one with an oregano marjoram shtick going on. And now I'm super curious about that. Yeah, I don't think I have either, or at least it wasn't like widely noted on the mm-hmm. advertising or something. So another thing to add to our list, Lauren. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it would go really well with something kind of hoppy, you know? Yeah, it seems like it would. Hmm. Listeners, let us know if you've got any suggestions. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Shakespeare mentioned marjoram in several of his works, including King Lear, The Winter's Tale, and All's Well That Ends Well. And here's a quote from that one. Indeed, sir, she was the sweet marjoram of the salad, or rather the herb of grace. Aww. The sweet marjoram of the salad. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> A popular 15th century European dessert with sugar and sweet marjoram flowers. Sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. In the 1650s, English botanist Nicholas Culpepper wrote that marjoram possessed, quote, warming and comfortable and cold diseases of the head, stomach, snooze, and other parts taken inwardly or out. Qualities. <laughs> A bit earlier, another English botanist named John Gerard recommended marjoram for all kinds of things, including for those, quote, given to overmuch sighing. <laughs> so that's me. And, quote, <laughs> swooning of the heart. Oh, swooning of the heart. (laughs) Yeah. He also recommended a combo of wine and oregano as a remedy for, quote, venomous stings or poppy poisoning. Wine and oregano. All right. Yeah, put put anything in wine. It's it's going back to that old, old medicinal tradition of like, well, what are you going to do with it? Put it in wine. I feel like, yeah, that that was a big thing for a while. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oregano and marjoram were both associated with happiness in the Victorian language of flowers, which I is something I didn't know about until we started doing this show, and I now find quite fascinating. Oh yes, oh it's it's really it's really beautiful, and one of my favorite tropes in uh, in both like Victorian literature and modern literature that is making reference to Victorian literature because it's oh it's 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 a whole weird beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're looking for a rabbit hole, yeah, you that's can, a good one. You can make a whole sentence out of a bouquet, and it's great. <laughs> I love that. In 1935, Henry Beston wrote in Herbs and the Earth, Of all herbal fragrances, there is none to my mind more pleasant than that of sweet marjoram, of that plant which the French call marjolaine à coquille, and put with keepsakes and add to salads. Hmm. Big salad herb, it seems. Right? While oregano was used in Mexican recipes, but more correctly, Lipia, um, it wasn't really recorded in the United States for a long time. In fact, in the 1942 cookbook, How to Cook a Wolf, great name, author (laughs) MFK Fisher only mentioned it once, calling it an optional but nice ingredient for minestrona, or as we say, or at least in my family, minestrone um, soup. And even then, she went on to write, I know several earnest, thoughtful women who would rather see their children peat than brew something with the foreign name minestrona, because in this year of 1942, the United States is at war with Italy. Oof. That didn't change until soldiers returning for World War II came back with the love of pizza from Italy, uh, shedding a light on 
what for most people in this country had been a previously unknown ingredient. Many times, pizza let the oregano flavor shine. And this association was so strong, oregano was nicknamed the pizza herb, and it's still called that in some some places by some today. Mm-hmm. The soldiers also got exposed to oregano in a different way. One of the U.S. Army's food suppliers was an Italian immigrant by the name of Hector Boyardi, but you might know him by his Americanized name, Chef Boyardi. Oh, great. Blew my dang mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep. He included oregano in his tinned spaghetti sauce. Prior to the soldiers' return to America, Italian immigrants accounted for one-fifth of New York City's population, and they used oregano in their cooking. However, Italian cooking and food largely didn't branch out beyond those communities at the time. A 1939 New York Herald Tribune article even described what pizza was, as if, you know, people reading it wouldn't have any idea what it was. Yeah, very specific description. Yes, and there was even a pronunciation guide (laughs) on how to say it. So... Times have changed. <laughs> just a just a tiny bit, yes. It, it, yes. It, it, it still does just blow my mind that that was only 1939. That was less than 100 years ago. Yeah. And there, one of my favorite pieces of uh, research I've ever come across um, was an article. I think it was for the pizza episode, or it might have been the apple pie one, where the author was listing all these foods, like, in shock that people were eating them. And it was like... This will never take off in America, pizza, apple pie. And it's like all the things that are, quote, American oh, today. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Taste for oregano exploded in the United States after World War II. It went from something with such a low number of imports, the Department of Commerce didn't even list it separately, to an annual one million and a half pounds used in the United States by the 60s. Sales of it rose. 5,200% in the United States from 1948 to 1956 alone. Whoa, what? Yeah, that is a huge percentage number. Oh, wow. Huh. Italian food in general also went through a post-World War II boom. This oh, was yeah. due to m- many, many things like the arrival of more immigrants, gas-fired ceramic pizza ovens, the opening of more and more Italian restaurants, the expansion of companies that specialized in Italian food. Chef Boyardee's canned spaghetti sauce was one of the first televised commercials. <laughs> and the first direct flight from New York to Rome was offered by Pan Am in 1958, meaning a wave of American tourists returning with a taste for Italian foods. In 1951, the song Arts Oregano by the jazz pianist Art Pepper debuted. Pretty sure soon after that, Frank Sinatra's That's Amore came out. Pablo Neruda's poem Love Sonnet 34 opens with, You are the daughter of the sea, oregano's first cousin. Swimmer, your body is pure as the water. Cook, your blood is quick as the soil. Everything you do is full of flowers, rich with the earth. Oh, Oregano. Oh, I love Pablo Neruda. Yeah, me too. The 1960 cookbook, I Hate to Cookbook by Peg Bracken listed oregano as a staple ingredient, which was a big deal because it sort of made a whole thing the book did about sticking to two ingredients you probably already had in your cupboard and avoiding, quote, exotic ingredients. Wow. So, yeah. So, in just like 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 20 years, it had become yeah. a kitchen staple. That's 
What a rise. Meteoric mm-hmm. rise of oregano. Yeah. Um, and then more more modernly, uh, as of the 2010s, uh, oil of oregano became uh, something of a pop health fad. A lot of uh, celebrities um, Instagramming and tweeting about how, oh, yes, I, I'm getting a cold or trying to protect myself from a cold. Better use that oil of oregano. Huh. And... Uh, Yes, at, you know, see above, re, our slogan of medicinal ingestion of anything. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, somewhere along the line, and this didn't occur to me to start researching until we, we sat down today, um, but, uh, but there's kind of, kind, kind of an old uh, uh, a joke or a meme or uh, urban legend about less than ethical uh, weed dealers um, selling kids oregano instead of uh, cannabis. And, uh, you know, the two two plants don't look dissimilar. Both have a certain herbal smell to them. Um, So I suppose upon brief inspection, you could certainly be be fooled by some oregano. Um, But if you you Google this, um, if you Google like oregano uh, cannabis, in the same little Google search bar, um, the results are kind of hilarious and include one story from um, from Colorado from 2018 where some teenagers knocked over a uh, cannabis boutique and uh, stole some of the bottles off of the shelves, not realizing that the bottles that are just out for display on the shelves do not contain actual cannabis. <laughs> Um, the store owners were like, yeah, no, that was oregano. They just made off with, like, a lot of oregano. Um, <laughs> Make some pizza, kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. You'll never have to buy oregano again. Yeah, come on. That was, it was probably nice oregano. Probably saved you, like, five to seven bucks <laughs> over a lifetime. <laughs> Depending on your oregano use. I don't know. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I... <laughs> I, I do have like at least three bottles of oregano and at least two of marjoram in my kitchen. And I'm not sure how they all got there. So I feel like you have a lot of ingredients like that. Yeah. Just got a mishmash of a lot of things going on. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is truer than I think even I know, Annie. <laughs> 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 well, <laughs> I'd totally forgotten about that whole oregano uh, marijuana thing, but uh, it was a fun reminder. Yeah. You never know where the research will go, our other motto. Yep. Yep, yep. Tis true. Well, that's about what we have to say today for oregano and marjoram. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do have a little bit more for you, uh, but first we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. 
Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with listener Thank you. Thank you. That's how my oregano is growing. <laughs> like a weed, but it's not because I love it. Oh, I yay. Um, I wouldn't mind weeds either. I can't grow that much, Lauren. It's, oh. <laughs> I'm getting better, but. <laughs> it's not, it's not easy. It's, you're, you're, you're learning. You're learning. I am. It's a constant work in process. Mm-hmm. Work in process, work in progress. Sure, either one. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Writer wrote, I've been listening to your show for a while and want to finally write in about some connections I made recently. First, I want to tell you about a pretty wild experience I had with The Simpsons growing up. I finished elementary school in the summer of 2007, just before the movie release, and my dad took me to the beach to light off fireworks and celebrate going on to middle school. To make a long story short, one of these fireworks ended up under me when I went to take a seat. Yes, I sat on a firework. Oh, no. (laughs) Leaving me with the first firework injury of the year in my county. (laughs) Quick shout out to the ER nurse that listened to my story with a straight face. As a result of my grievous wounds and my being a huge Simpsons fan, my parents took me to Seattle to one of the pop-up Quickie Mart locations where I promptly loaded up on Crustios and Buzz Cola or Fruit Loops and Diet Coke, as I soon learned. Even considering my reason for getting to go, visiting that shop has always been a special memory for me. I had never had a novelty food like that from a shop I watched, and it was such a fun experience. Another fictional foods that could be fun is the Fallout universe. Novelty consumables have come out of that world as well. 
One other related anecdote, my mother used to grow poppy plants at my childhood home. One night we had taken a walk to our local movie store and came home to almost all of her plants being dug up and stolen. What a trip for my young self hearing that someone stole the little plants I helped plant as a drug. The same week you did your episode where you talked about The Bagel Rito, another podcast, My Brother, My Brother, and Me, also referenced it as an absurd fast food item. This was just a fun connection I made. I love hearing podcasts I listen to connect in vague ways. Also, I just want to thank you folks for inspiring me to plant some asparagus during quarantine. It hasn't sprouted yet, but it is a lovely addition to my container garden. Oh. Also, yeah. I just want to note the subject line of this email was the time I lit myself on fire for a Buzz Cola. <laughs> so, <laughs> bravo. <writer>. Yeah. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least you got something out of it. Yeah, I, you know, should everyone who sits on a firework be so lucky? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, And yeah, keep us up to date on how your asparagus goes. Yeah, indeed. Huh, Mm -hmm. cool, cool, cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, uh, Tina wrote, When my boyfriend at the time and now husband and I were in college, he had most of a jar of sauerkraut left after making some kielbasa and pierogies, which were delicious and served his Polish heritage well. He decided to see what could be done with it, so after some internet searching, he found a recipe for sauerkraut pie. I was very skeptical, but gave him my blessing and left him to it. A couple of hours later, he presented me with a strangely bland custardy pie— Eating it gave the sensation of a slightly vanilla coconut, which was very disconcerting. The recipe had required rinsing the kraut, so the vinegar taste was not present, but the cabbage in a custard pie was definitely not a good thing. He has since made many, many more desserts that have been wonderful, but that one still lives on in family lore, and our kids are all rightly horrified by the idea. I've got to appreciate the innovation, though, you know? Right? Yeah, that is that is really tur- turning turnin lemons into custardy, unpleasant lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the saying originally went. People have just forgotten it to, to time. But yeah, Clearly. it was specifically about this sauerkraut pie situation. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've all made that dessert. I remember one time... I'm so, like, frugal, and I wanted to make—I had all these ingredients I just wanted to use up, and it was my friend's birthday, and I'm a terrible friend, so I was like, I'm just going (laughs) to use these things and see what happens, and I made the, like, densest cake you can imagine. It actually tasted good, but it was like— it's like if you had a huge 10-tier cake and it's somehow been smushed into one tiny layer. Oh, uh uh-huh. And I don't know how or why that happened. I don't even know what was in there. I know there were some bananas. Um, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm isolating your problem. Um, <laughs> I was just throwing ingredients in. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. This will be fun. Surely it will turn out, and my friends just won't fine. hate me for showing oh. up at their birthday. <laughs> There's a lot of pictures of it. Uh huh. And uh, yeah, it also lives on in infamy. Well- Mm-hmm. I I've had plenty of dessert fails. Uh, I, I think I think probably at this point the the longest running and funniest one is is just the fact that I don't think my freezer runs cold enough to freeze a uh, an ice cream machine bowl 
in. Uh, um, mm-hmm. So I have tried for like multiple holidays on end to create an ice cream for dessert for family holidays. And uh, and it just hasn't ever worked. It's just never, I've been like, well, I have this soup. Um, I have this soup. Uh, I've, I've done, I've done it like granita style a few times where you just like, like lay it in a really thin layer in a sheet pan and kind of like, like fork it until it ices up. Um, but, (laughs) but yeah, that's, yep. Uh, it's, it's to the point that my friend's mother bought me a new ice cream machine and I'm like, I don't think this is the issue. I, (laughs) I have faith in you, Lauren. Um, also, I need you to send a picture of it for me because I am working on my silly Star Wars play. And as anyone would know, there's an ice cream man, ice cream machine man, and Empire Strikes Back. So oh. I am looking for a prop that will fit. Gotcha. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Will do. Will do. This is very important. <laughs> very, mm-hmm. very important. Um, (laughs) thanks to both of those listeners for writing in Uh, if you have any dessert disasters you want to share with us we would love to hear them our email is hello at saverpod.com we're also on social media you can find us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram at saverpod and we do hope to hear from you Savor is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Black Lives Matter, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at San Diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. 
the Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.